next to her and took his hat off and fanned it in front of his face. I apologize. It must be very painful, a connoisseur of the V like you, to endure this. He'll remember that Dr. Marx spoke in a manner subject to interpretation. His words always held a potential for sarcasm. We are portable, Dr. Marx said. We are in a mobile unit, and so, alas, we don't have the powerful stationary ad-res equipment at our command. Even so, we could do better. There are better mock-ups to be had. But we are not prospering these days. Financially, it has been a year of setbacks, and we have had to settle for some second-rate stuff. I'm not in the hospital, Keel asked. Marx shook his head. No, no hospital. Keel frowned. Marx, sensing her confusion, put his hat back on his head and studied her through narrowed eyes. We are on the run, Keel Benning. You have not been following the news, being otherwise occupied, but companies like your beloved Vertvana have won a major legislative battle. They are now empowered to maintain their customer base aggressively. I believe the wording is protecting customer assets against invasive alienation by third-party services. Birdvana can come and get you. Keel blinked at Dr. Marx's dark countenance. You can't seriously think someone would, what, kidnap me? Dr. Marx shrugged. Birdvana might, for the precedent. You're a good customer. The moguls are going to sweat the loss of one spike? That's crazy. Dr. Marx sighed, stood up, whacked sand from his trousers with his hands. You noticed, then. That's good. Being able to recognize crazy, that is a good sign. It means there is hope for your own sanity. Her days were spent at the edge of the second-rate ocean. She longed for something that would silence the need. She would have settled for a primitive bird-in-flight simulation. Anything. Some corny sex-with-dolphins loop, or something abstract. The color red leaking into blue, enhanced with RLD. She would have given ten years of her life for a game of apes and angels, Verdvana's most popular package. Apes and angels wasn't just another smooth metaphysical mix. It was the true religion to its fans. A gamer started out down in the muck on Libido Island, where the senses were indulged with perfect, shimmerless sims. Not bad, Libido Island, and some gamers stayed there a long, long time. But what put apes and angels above the best pleasure pops was this. A player could evolve spiritually. If you followed the path, if you were steadfast, you became more compassionate, more aware, at one with the universe, all of which was accompanied by feelings of euphoria. Keel would have settled for a legal rig. Apes and Angels was a chemically enhanced virtual, and the gear that true believers wore was stripped of most safeguards, tuned to a higher reality. It was one of those hot pads that landed Keel in addiction resources again. It's the street stuff that gets you in trouble, Keel said. I've just got to stay clear of that. You said that the last time, the Wilson said. You almost died, you know. Keel felt suddenly hollowed, beaten. Maybe I want to die, 
she said. Dr. Marks shrugged. Several translucent seagulls appeared, hovered over him, and then winked out. Bah, he muttered. Bad therapy, V. Bad death-wishing clients. Bad career choice. Who doesn't want to die? And who doesn't get that wish sooner or later? One day, Dr. Marks said, You are ready for swimming. It was morning, full of a phony golden light. The nights were black and dreamless, nothing, and the days that grew out of them were pale and untaxing. It was an intentionally bland virtual, its sameness designed for healing. Keel was wearing a one-piece white bathing suit. Her counselor wore bathing trunks, baggy with thick black vertical stripes. He looked particularly solemn, in an effort, no doubt, to counteract the farcical elements of rotund belly and stick.